This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emerus, CPA with Parmelson Associates. Is flat rate the devil or is it the only way to pay technicians? I feel like that this is a debate, an argument, you know, uh, two sides of the road that a lot of people are on. Is it better to incentivize your technicians individually or will a team-based pay plan work better for you? This is exactly what we're going to dive into this week. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Checking your balance when you close is a pain, unless you have end-of-day payments from Shopware. It tallies up all transactions and puts your mind at ease when you see your daily snapshot. GetShopware.com A Repair Shop of Tomorrow, a Napa Auto Care endorsed program, their unique done-for-you marketing platform takes the guesswork out of the equation. Please visit them at RepairShopOfTomorrow.com The point of this week's episode is not for me to tell you which pay plan is right, because that is virtually impossible. Even if you have two identical shops that are right next to each other, you're going to have a different personalities, you're going to have different skill sets, you have different age and different experience levels. And so while on the outside, the size, the branding, the clientele of those shops might be exactly the same, their technician, their teams are going to be completely different which means that they probably dictate a different type of pay plan. Maybe it's the same one. Maybe it's not the same one. Maybe it's very similar. But I doubt that the prime optimal way to pay these people is exactly the same. My real goal here this week is not to give you a specific advice on, hey, this is the one that works best because I can't do that, right? That would be a huge amount of hubris here for me to say, hey, I know what is better for your shop based on a couple different indicators. It's just not that easy. Instead, what I want to do here is open your eyes to the different possibilities that are out there. Maybe you think that there is only one train of thought, and maybe this will give you kind of a deeper dive into the positives and negatives of of different plans that you aren't currently using. And maybe this could kind of, you know, cement what you're already thinking about yours. If nothing else, more information never hurts. And this is probably more than you ever want to know about tech pay plans, but that's what we do here. Dive into it, break it down into terms, give you some insight on what I see, kind of, you know, things that have worked well for my clients and other things that have come back to bite them, whether it's immediate, long term, and some of those a little bit hidden here. Before we get into pay plans, you know, and different types of them, we really need to figure out why are we paying our technicians anything? We're not going to get into service advisors today. We're not getting into general managers specifically, we're talking about technicians today. So why do we pay technicians? Well, first and foremost, we want them to show up, right? It's a hard enough job market, let alone if you try and not pay your employees. But seriously, if you get a little bit deeper onto it, why do you pay them flat rate? Why do you pay them hourly? Why do you pay them bonuses? It's not you know, specifically because you like this person more or you think that they're more valuable for the team. The entire way, the entire reason that we pay people And the entire reason that we set up these different pay plans is to motivate them, right? It is to motivate them, to reward them, to make sure that our goals are in line with their goals and to make sure that they're going to come in, they're going to do a good job. And at the end of the day, let's be honest here, we want our technicians to do as much work as physically possible. It's one of the tricky things about this industry, right? Because if you had a technician that could do it, And I think that anyone would be lying if they wouldn't admit this. 
be a technician that would be willing to turn 4,000 hours of work for a year, forever for you, every single person listening to this is going to take that technician. Now, we all know that is that probably the best thing for them personally, health-wise, physically, mentally? No, but if you're going to have someone turning that much work, you're willing to pay them a small fortune, and in return, they're going to make you a small fortune. This is exactly why it is so hard, because money is not the only way to motivate people, and there are a lot of people that aren't even motivated by money whatsoever. So if you have people that are not motivated by money whatsoever, then you might be kind of hitting your head against a brick wall. Hey, I tried flat rate. I tried salary. I tried hourly. I tried a simple bonus or spiff system, and none of that is working. Well, you know what? You might have just found out that people are not money motivated, and no matter how much money you throw at this person, no matter how much you promise this person how they can change their life and they can make this all this more money, their actions are probably not going to change. So, Hunt, if someone is not motivated by money, what are they motivated by? I don't know, right? You need to talk to your employees. You need to get to the bottom of this. What makes them click? What do they like doing? What do they not like doing? You know, and this is not some new school millennials, uh, you know, idea that I have here. It's realistically what we're dealing with, right? It's the number one thing that I talk to my shops about that they struggle with, which is their employees, right? Not specifically technicians, people in general, hard to keep, hard to get, hard to attract, hard to grow, right? I've heard it all. But the ones that are really doing this successfully have not implemented something that they think is going to work. They've talked to the team. They figured out what makes them tick. They figure out what makes them motivated. They figure out what makes them go to the next level for themselves and for you as a business owner. And they've created an environment that's conducive for that. Some of that is money. Some of that is time off. Some of that is accolades. Some of that is education on it. But you'll never know unless you talk to them, unless you get to know them better and figure out exactly what they're all about and what their motivation for coming and working for you is. You might be very surprised if you start having these conversations. Let's get right into probably the most popular option out there, which is flat rate, right? I kind of alluded to this one. Uh, you can hear people arguing about this on every single shop owner forum, every single shop owner Facebook page. Seems to be that there's two schools of thought. Either flat rate is the only option or flat rate should be illegal. It actually is kind of illegal in some places. Or it's predatory, right? Hey, we're making all of our money on backs of these people that are not being paid fairly. No one should ever do that. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? There's probably some really crappy shops that are doing some really bad things that are paying flat rate. And there's obviously very, very successful shops that are paying flat rate that have, you know, loyal team, loyal technicians, and they're really doing the best for both of them. You know, to put, you know, broad strokes here and to put someone in a category just because they pay their people flat rate, it's just a little bit silly. And honestly, from what I've seen in my unofficial statistics here, I would say flat rate probably is still the most popular option out there for my clients. Now, it's not by a large margin, and I might be completely wrong on that. But personally, from what I've seen, flat rate is still the most popular option out there. So there's also not one way to do flat rate, right? Flat rate kind of encompasses a lot of different way of paying people essentially on whatever they're turning. They sell an hour of work, they turn an hour of work, they get paid for an hour of work. Very, very straightforward. Now, some people have floors, right? Some people say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you a 30-hour minimum. So if we're slow this week, you had to help some people out, whatever it is, you're always going to get at least 30 hours 
That way that you don't starve. It's a lot easier for budgeting and stuff like that. Some places do it, some places don't, some places do it and never comes into play. Everything's a little bit different, uh, you know, depending on who you're talking to. And, uh, you know, another thing about flat rate is it's very straightforward, right? It's probably one of the most simple ones out there. You turn more hours, you sell more hours, you make more money. It's as simple as that. So let's kind of go into the positives here of flat rate. One of the positives of flat rate is very easy to motivate money motivated players. I had a hard time reading my notes there. It's kind of a tongue twister. But to emphasize that, it is very easy to motivate money-motivated players, right? I did not say it is very easy to motivate all team members or all technicians. It's people that are money-motivated, right? Because if you have someone that says, boss, I just want to make more money, flat rate is the game for them. Because you say, hey, you want to make more money? Turn more hours, I'll pay you more money. Well, boss, what if I turn 60 hours? Hey, well, then I'll pay you for 60 hours. Boss, what if I turn 80 hours? Well, then I'll pay you for 80 hours, right? It's kind of a equal game in one aspect because everyone is on the same playing field. Hey, if that technician turns 60 hours, you know, you as a shop owner is going to be extremely happy. This is awesome. This is great production. I made a ton of money here. And that technician is going to look at his paycheck and be like, you know what? That was hard work, but I made a ton of money as well. We're both happy here. We both have one common goal. Another thing here is kind of piggyback on that same page. It is very profitable if done correctly. Because the idea of this is on the high side of this is, all right, let's say that you sell me 80 hours of work on a week. Yeah, I'm paying a big paycheck for this week, but you made me three, four, five times as much money as I had to pay out. I will do this any day of the week all the time. On the flip side of this, of where this is still profitable, even if the shop is not doing well or the technician is not doing well, is if they aren't turning any hours and they're not doing a good job and they don't have a base, you're not going to spend any money. What I mean by that is, all right, let's say that you have a technician that is just the slowest technician in the world, right? And I'm going to use a gross exaggeration here. This probably doesn't happen much. Let's say you have a technician that is just slow as molasses and turns you five hours in a week. If you're on salary hourly, you're going to pay that person for 40 hours, whether or not they gave you a ton of work or not. In this situation, you could say, you know what, you know, I'm not happy with this for a number of reasons, but from a pay standpoint, I'm not too mad. Your paycheck is very, very light, barely anything, because I only have to pay you for five hours because you only got me five hours worth of work. Another thing here is it does not require as much management oversight. You don't really need to have as much goal setting. I would argue that you still need to have strong management, strong goal settings here to have a good culture. But it's not a requirement because it's so straightforward. The technicians get the game here. Hey, I sell more work. I do more work. I get paid more money. That's all I need to know. I'm going to do as much work as physically possible. In a perfect world, that's exactly how it works out. All right, you're going to pay me for as many hours. I'm going to turn as many hours as I possibly can. You're going to pay me. Rinse and repeat. Perfect. Got it. Don't need to talk about it anymore. Easy enough, right? Which is another really key point here of this pay plan. It is extremely easy for technicians to understand. This is a key point for really any pay plan, right? Not just for flat rate, whether it's salary, salary, which is extremely straightforward. Or as we'll talk about later, some of these, you know, hybrid models or other ones out there. At the end of the day, you need to make sure that this is easy to understand. Remember, we are trying to motivate people. And how can you motivate people that don't even know how the plan works? When you started in this business, 
Did you really think that cars would be driving themselves and that people would be buying cars online without test driving them? I don't think any of us did, yet that's exactly what is going on. On the repair side, the auto industry is changing fast. Customers expect quick answers and proof that they need the repairs that you recommend. They want to pay you while buying a coffee, then rate you on Yelp after picking up their keys. So why stay in the past? A shop owner named Carolyn asked herself the same question, so she created an online shop management system that automates the stuff you do over and over again. She and her team added texting in every step in the process from booking your appointment to posting that stellar review. They learn from their customers just like you learn from yours, and it's the system that's leading the industry into a bright future. Find out more about this and other things at GetShopware.com. At Repair Shop of Tomorrow, a Napa Auto Care endorsed coaching and marketing program, their unique industry-proven marketing platform takes the guesswork out of the equation. Instead of taking a shotgun approach, Repair Shop of Tomorrow uses predictive marketing that focuses on bringing the right cars into your shop. They utilize social media, email marketing, direct mail, personalized newsletters, and Napa value-added programs to create quality car count for their clients. This same branded message, same branded content marketing approach is bringing in the right customers and bringing them in more often, which is helping their clients add more net profit to the bottom line. If your current marketing strategy isn't yielding the results you would like, please reach out to Repair Shop tomorrow to get your marketing efforts dialed in. For more information about their program, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. I have to stress this again. If your accountant can't follow your plan, neither can your technicians. Here's a great example of a story that I have, you know, from over the years. So this is probably about maybe five or six years ago. I was talking to my clients, you know, we were looking at the financials, going down through stuff, you know, kind of done going through the financials and just talking. And so the topic of tech pay plan came up. And again, even for my clients, I kind of give options. I kind of give, you know, maybe some guidance on it, but coming up with pay plans and stuff like that, not our forte, not what we do. Usually leave that for coaches, you know, consultants and stuff like that, or ask your peers, right? There's probably someone out there running a pay plan that is already, you know, open and operational. Befriend them, get them to share it with you. It's going to be a lot easier, a lot cheaper. But anyways, so this client calls me up and says, you know, hey, having some issues with my technicians. You know, I came with this really, really cool plan. I love this plan. It's so awesome. You know, it kind of takes in five different methods of this, combines it into one. He's like, can I show it to you? I know that you use Excel all the time, so I really think that you'll understand this. So I said, cool. Yeah, shoot over. Let me look at it. So I started looking down through this. And it's like page three reports back to page one. There's averages here. It's comparing previous periods. You know, there's five different rates depending on what they're doing, time of the day. You know, some of this might be a little exaggeration, but really I'm, I'm kind of making it up because I had no idea what this thing was saying, right? It was so all over the place. And I use spreadsheets all the time. I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty darn good with numbers. And pretty good with Excel. So I went back to him and I was like, what is this? Uh, I can't even follow this along. And to kind of give you a little bit more backstory on this, this client was actually paying his technicians in cash. He was running it through payroll, but all of them requested that they get paid in cash because a lot of them didn't have bank accounts, weren't into the whole banking system idea, right? So not to kind of judge people on this, maybe that they were you know extremely smart people. But if you have people that don't even want direct deposit, let alone a check here, you know, then you're probably not dealing with big numbers, people. And what he had found out the hard way is, 
yeah, the plan was really cool. The plan, you know, if done correctly, if they understood it would have been awesome. It would have been a really fair plan, but they were never going to understand this plan, right? Every time that they got their paycheck or, you know, the lump of cash that he paid them, it was a shock, right? There was no kind of connection on, all right, I did this better. I got paid more money. It was more or less like, hey, it's Friday. Let's see what the boss gives me. Cool. We'll move on to next week. I just can't stress this enough. If your team does not understand the way that they're getting paid, then they don't understand how they change how they will get paid, right? So if they don't know where their current paycheck is coming from right now, what the calculation is behind that, then how can they ever say, hey, I'm going to change my actions differently to positively impact my paycheck? This is the same thing that I preach to you guys as shop owners. Hey, you're sitting here saying that you want to make more money as a shop owner, but you don't even know what your financials are saying. How can you improve something that you don't understand? This is the same point that goes for your technicians as well. So that's the good things about flat rate, right? Very easy to motivate, very profitable, done correctly. Doesn't require much management oversight. Very easy for them to understand. Now let's go to the downsides of this, right? We're not going to get into the, well, hey, it's predatory. Hey, it shouldn't be allowed. No one should be doing this. Let's go into the real things that, you know, are negatively affecting shops. So the first one on this, and I have to kind of put this out there as a caveat, is the legality of this one can get tricky depending on where you live, right? California makes it very hard to do a straight flat rate plan. It is still theoretically possible as of the date I'm doing this, but you got to be careful. In other states, really the big piece that you have to look out for is generally as it relates to overtime loss. The reason why flat rate can get you into a little bit of a trouble is let's use that same example that we talked about before with that flat rate tech only turning five hours. If he's getting paid $25 an hour flat rate, he's going to get a whopping $125 paycheck for the end of the week. If he worked 40 hours, then he's going to be making what? A couple dollars an hour below the minimum wage. And you could get in big trouble there on the minimum wage side. And if he's working more than 40 hours a week to get that same $125, we have a really big issue because not only did we not pay him enough for minimum wage, there's also overtime that he did not get paid on it. If you're doing a straight up flat rate on it, make sure that you're still in the good graces of the legislation on it. And also just make sure that you keep abreast of this because this does change from time to time. It's not super common, you know, that they're making major changes on this, but more or less, no state is making it easier to get away from overtime and get away from the minimum uh, wage. If anything, they're making it a little bit more stricter. Another downside of this is it creates a high stress environment, right? You know, notoriously in this industry, the technician side is a doggy dog environment, right? Hey, I'm not here to talk. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to turn hours because if I turn hours, I make money. If I don't turn hours, I'm not going to make any money, right? So, hey, you're struggling with that. You don't know how to do this. Okay, too bad. I got my own work to do. You'll figure it out eventually, right? I was in your shoes. You know, this is how you come up on it. I don't have time to kind of sit here and babysit, right? So creates that high stress, creates kind of that culture of, you know, being in your own little personal world, right? We're a team here, but really I'm my own person because everything is positively and negatively going off of my personal production, Another downside to flat rate is it rewards efficiency and it rewards hoarding of work. So what I mean by that is, you know, in a flat rate model, you get incentivized to do as much work as you possibly can. 
And so if an A technician is grabbing all this really easy, easy light suspension brake work and stuff like that, because they know they can turn these and get easy hours on this, then what is usually happening there is you have a less experienced technician that could be sitting there idle. And in this situation, you're actually rewarding that A tech by doing this because, yeah, if he took that work that pays four hours, only took him two, he just got paid four hours on that. But in the flip side of it, what you would actually want to do is you would actually say, no, I don't want you doing that low level work. I need that to go to these, you know, kind of less experienced technicians or general service people. But the way that flat rate works, they're never going to be rewarded for that. So it very rarely happens. Another thing is, too, is especially if you have, you know, a car count issue or maybe, you know, you just don't have that much work, it's going to incentivize or it's going to reward people to hoard work. Hey, you know what? I'm going to get going on three different projects. So those are all kind of mine so that if we run out cars later in a week, I at least have these cars that I'm going to be able to finish up. Again, it could reward someone for having 45 hours in one week while some other guys only getting 10 hours. Not the best for the overall team. But you can't really blame them because the way that the model is working, it will reward people um, that are kind of taking their more than their fair share and taking stuff off of other people's plate. And the last thing on here is time off and sick time can get really tricky and some don't offer at all. Right. So overall kind of goes into the culture, you know, kind of the uh, morale of the team. Because again, this is, you know, a pay for performance type plan. If you perform, you will get paid. If you don't perform, i.e. you're sick, you're not there, you're doing whatever. In some situation, that means that you are not working at all, right? So again, we're rewarding people for coming in when they're injured. Because if you're injured and you're sitting at home, don't have any other options, you got to turn hours. Not really great for culture, could have some, you know, liability concerns. And obviously, it's not good for their long-term health and well-being. Another thing is sick time, right? You know, if they're sick, they're coughing, they're sneezing, and maybe you don't offer sick time, you should, but you know, maybe you don't, or maybe they've ran out of it, then they're going to be in the shop, right? Because they're going to say, Hey, I need to turn hours. I need to get this done. Again, affecting culture, affecting our health, physical, emotional. You get the point here. Flat rate is not the devil people make it out to be. It is not, you know, God's gift to the world like some other people make it out to be. Somewhere in the middle, I have a lot of very, very successful, very top level, extremely talented owners that are running flat rate and it's working perfectly for them. I don't personally see a whole lot of this, but I'm sure that there's some shops out there making no money, running terrible businesses that are terrible owners that are also running flat rate. So just the you know, way that you pay your technicians is not going to be a judgment of your character. It really can't be used in that area because there's just so many different variables here and everyone is a little bit different. So next one I want to talk about here is hourly and salary, right? And this one is really straightforward. It's probably the most classic model in every other industry besides the automotive repair industry. And when I started doing this 15 years ago, it was pretty uncommon as far as what I'm concerned and you know what I personally saw in my shops. But I would say that there has been somewhat of a resurgence of this recently. And especially we'll get into kind of next one, a hybrid model here. Just like flat rate, you know, I have a lot of extremely profitable shops that are running hourly or salary. So again, it doesn't really matter. It's not specific on, hey, this is the only way to make a ton of money. There's a lot of different ways to slice the pie to make a successful shop. 
Hourly is much more common than salary, and I will always recommend hourly over salary. The reason is is because if you're paying salary on there, there is a good chance that you could be getting in trouble for overtime rules. So every state's a little bit different, but some of this is state legislation. Some of this is federal rules on it. But essentially, if you have a technician that is clocking more than 40 hours a week and you are paying them salary and you are not paying them overtime, you need to check and make sure that you're not uh, dodging overtime. Overtime is something that I just really don't mess around with. If caught, it can be big, big money. We're not going to kind of dive into a whole episode on overtime here, but I will give you kind of this uh, word of caution about what happened to one of my shops. So I had a shop in Southern California. He was paying his technicians hourly and after hours was allowing them, um, or not allowing them, one of his guys was actually his tow truck driver. I mean, over the years, he had a couple of different people doing this role, but currently he had this one guy. So worked during the day, perfectly fine, got paid hourly, everything was good. Now he worked after hours as the tow truck driver as needed. And obviously he's working now over that 40 hour uh, limit for the week. But what he wanted to do just to make it fair for everyone is he said, you know what, we're not going to do hourly because it's notoriously tricky to figure out for towing. What I'm going to do here is I'm just going to get you a cut of the toes, right? So I don't know the specifics on it, but it was essentially like, hey, for whatever toe you bring in after hours, you get a third of it. I get two thirds. At the end of the day, if you looked at the overtime calculation, you know, my client was paying this guy fairly. Um, was probably paying him more than what he actually was should have been getting for a time and a half overtime. But long story short, you know, this employee and my uh, shop owner ended up parting ways. And this person went and turned to an attorney. Essentially, what happened is went to the attorney and said, hey, here's the situation. What's going on there? They ended up taking it to the state. The state looked at this. My client pled his case. And what they came back was, you know, pretty surprising, but actually very straightforward. And they said, we do not care how you paid people. What we care is we look at how many hours that they worked. And if they worked over 40 hours, I want to see a line on their pay stub that says overtime and it should be time and a half. Not, hey, there was a bonus here that could end up being overtime. We want to specifically see overtime getting paid at the accurate rate. If it's not on there, don't care about anything else. You're going to get penalized and you're going to pay for that, right? And so, you know, what my client was doing was really trying to help this guy out, but it ended up coming back to burn him. And then what ended up happening is since it looked like he was going to settle on that case, um, this lawyer went back and contacted previous employees and started to open up a number of other cases for previous employees that had a similar arrangement. And my client ended up actually shutting down and just saying, you know what, I've had enough of this. Um, he was about to retire anyways. He ended up okay. But you know, just a word of caution out there. Overtime is something that I'd never, ever mess around with. If you're thinking about it and you're like, should I, should I not pay it, right? Just do it. If you don't do it, A, you could be shorting your employee for something that they rightfully earned. And B, when you get caught on it, you don't just have to pay the overtime. You got to pay the overtime and put fines and penalties um, and could be you know, pretty expensive pretty quickly. The last thing I'll talk about on overtime, and I have to put this in there because I had a great example come from one of my listeners. So special thank you. I should have written down who specifically it was, but I appreciate this because it is not something that comes up a lot, but is very pertinent to what we were talking about just here. And so the idea that he brought up that he was surprised to find out, and he said a lot of other shop owners weren't aware of, is that non-discretionary bonuses are part of the overtime calculation. Hunt, 
What the heck did you just say there? What do those words mean? So I'll give you an example here on what a non-discretionary bonus means and how this works. So let's say that you pay your technicians $20 an hour, but you will give them a $200 bonus if they turn 30 hours in a week, right? Pretty straightforward uh, pay plan, hourly with a little bit of bonus on top, as long as they meet a certain goal. If they meet that goal, it's automatic. They get the money. If they don't meet that goal, they don't get the money, right? This is a non-discretionary bonus. Because discretionary means at the end of the day, it's up to you if you want to give it or not. If you have a set goal that is easy to understand, and if they meet it, they get it. If they don't, they don't get it. Then this is going to be non-discretionary. So what would happen in this situation is let's say that they were working 40 hours at $20 an hour. That would give them $800 in wages. And then they got this $200 bonus. That would give them a total of $1,000. So that would actually be their base pay. And so if you were going to pay overtime, you wouldn't owe them $30 an hour because that would be ignoring the bonus. You would end up owing them, like uh, I haven't done the math here, but 34, 35 hours because essentially that $200 that you paid them would be looped in and average with their hourly pay. So something to really keep in mind here is that if you do have hourly with a bonus system here, and you are paying overtime, you might think that you're doing okay here just by paying time and a half. But if you're not factoring these bonuses, you could run into some issues there. So it's just something to look out for. I know it's not going to apply for everyone here. It's probably not going to apply for most people here. But if you are in that situation, just double check to make sure that you're doing things correctly. So let's talk about the positives of this. So first thing I'll start off with is the positive of this is the easiest pay plan of all right? Very straightforward for you to administer. How many hours did you work? Multiply times your rate. And if they're on salary, it's like, well, you're getting paid 1200 bucks this week. Extremely simple, extremely safe, straightforward. Another thing is consistent paycheck for employees, right? If you have someone that's salary, obviously it's going to be exactly the same every single week. And if you have someone that's hourly, as long as their hours are consistent, they're going to get paid again, very similar thing every single week. No more, hey, that was a crazy busy week this week. I turned a bunch of hours on flat rate. I made a ton of money. Uh, Next week was slow. I better have saved my money because now I don't have any money come Friday, right? So kind of leveling out those peaks and valleys and make kind of personal spending and, uh, you know, personal finances a little bit easier. Generally, I will say, you know, better team culture. Everyone is there working. If you're working, you're getting paid. You know, it's not really me against you. I'm better than you. I need more work than you. Hey, we're all here. We're all, you know, doing the same amount of hours in a week as far as showing up. But, you know, it's not as much of a cutthroat environment as something like flat rate. Another thing here is time off, vacation, and rates on these are very easy to calculate, right? Hey, if you get time off, you get eight hours, you get paid 25 bucks an hour, here's your time off money, extremely straightforward. Vacation, same idea, you know, and, and mixtures of the two or pay time off, very straightforward, very easy to come up with because it's a classical model. It's what pretty much every other industry in the world operates on. So there's a lot of kind of case studies on this. So let's talk about the negatives of this one. Really, and all of these, you could come up with 50 different negatives, 50 different positives on it. This is just stuff for me. Again, my opinion. Am I an expert on pay plans? No, not in the slightest. Okay. Two big negatives here. One, the first one here is it's hard to motivate team to do more. What I mean by that is 
here's a conversation I have with a, let's just call him a salary technician. So I would go and I would talk to him and I would say, all right, Jack, I want you to do more work. I'm not happy with the production that you're doing right now. You're averaging 25 hours a week. I want you averaging 35 hours a week. That's what's going to make me happy. That's what everyone else in the shop is doing. I need you to do more. But in actuality, what you're saying to Jack or the way that Jack is interpreting this as a technician is, Jack, I would like you to do more work. I would actually like you to do almost 50% more work, but I'm going to pay you the exact same amount of money. And this gets even harder if this person has been turning that many hours for any length of time, right? It's a lot harder to change people's habits and even harder to get them to change their habits with no other outside input. Hey, you're going to make $1,000 whether you turn 30 hours, you turn 60 hours. Put yourself in their shoes. What would you do if you were them? And what you end up seeing is people doing the bare minimum to get by, right? You're not going to have a technician that says, well, I'm hourly. I'm not going to do a single thing because you have to pay me no matter what, because they know to a certain degree that if they don't do enough, they're going to get fired. And so what you see a lot of people is kind of on cruise control, right? Eh, Turning 30 hours, turning 32, some weeks they'll turn 35, some weeks 37, right? They're doing okay. And a lot of times they're also looking at someone that's doing less. Well, hey, as long as I do in more hours than them, there's no way that they can really get on my case because I'm not the worst one here. But realistically, you know, our technicians are their own businesses. I'm never going to fault a technician for not wanting to do more without getting paid more money. I know if someone came to me and said, hey, Hunt, I would like you to do all of this in addition to what you're already doing for us, but I'm not going to pay you any more money. I'd probably kindly tell them I'm not interested in that unless there's money involved. Same exact situation with people, right? We're not going to fault these technicians on it. How can you motivate someone, you know, financially? to do more if there's no physical way to do that on an hourly or salary model. Another thing here is that kind of goes hand in hand in this is you need a strong management team for an hourly or salary model to work, right? As we talked about on flat rate, you don't really need that strong of management because flat rate manages itself. Hey, they're going to get kudos. They're going to get paid more. They're going to get motivated by doing more work because they're getting paid more, right? They're setting their own goals based on how much they want to make more or less. However, for hourly or salary, we had to have a management system and a feedback system where we tell people, hey, these are your goals. This is the expectation. This is how you're getting feedback on the way that you're doing because the paycheck alone is not going to adequately give them that information. You or the management team needs to do so for them. Let's talk about you know some of the other pay plans out there, right? And there are an infinite amount of pay plans that I have seen out there. But like I mentioned before, the most important thing is to create one that techs understand. If they don't understand this, then it is worthless. Another almost equally important piece of this is you need to reward them on things that they can control. This is a pet peeve of mine, especially it usually goes hand in hand with making an overcomplicated pay plan that you start taking a lot of other factors into play. If your pay plan is based on total sales for your technician, you're missing the point. Technicians are not selling this work. They're not pricing these jobs on it. Why would I be rewarding them or penalizing on how my service advisor is selling that and at what level? It makes absolutely no sense. Another thing is, even if you're going down and you're saying, well, hey, I'm going to pay them a percentage of labor sales. Again, no, right? They're not selling this. They're not setting your street rate. They're not doing any of that stuff. So why are we going to positively or negatively impact them based on that? 
And another one here is probably the most common thing, but again, doesn't make any sense, paying them a percentage of gross profit. Now, percentage on gross profit for a service advisor is the number one most popular. It makes sense. That's their problem. Yeah, They need to sell work and they need to sell profitable work. However, for a technician, they have no positive or negative impact you know, in normal situations on that gross profit. They didn't sell that job. They didn't pick those parts. They didn't find a supplier. They didn't create the matrix. They didn't do any of that stuff. It has nothing to do with them. So stop bringing it into their pay plan. The really only thing that should be in a pay plan that should increase or decrease the amount of money that they're getting paid is labor hours. More or less, they have 100% control on how many labor hours they turn, and that's it. All right. So the, probably the most popular option outside of the flat rate and hourly would be a hybrid of really the two of them. And honestly, this is probably one of my favorite ones because it kind of checks all the boxes and doesn't have kind of takes away some of the downsides of both of them by kind of merging them together. So the way that the system works is technically these people are hourly employees. So you get paid for how many hours you are there. So if you're there for 30 hours, you're going to get paid for 30 hours. If you're there for 50 hours, you're going to get paid for 40 plus your overtime rate. Very straightforward. What happens here is we kind of bring the flat rate idea into the hourly rate dependent on your production. So the amount of hours that you're going to get paid is not going to change. That is always going to stay for how many hours you're in the building. Now, what will change is at what rate you're going to get paid. If you turn or if you flag 30 hours, right, you're in a building for 30 hours, you flag 30 hours, you're going to get paid $25 an hour. So 25 times 30. However, if again, you're still in the building for 30 hours, but you turn or flag 35 hours, you're going to get paid for 30 hours at $28 an hour. If you flag 40 hours, you're going to get paid for 30 hours at $32 an hour. So again, it's all based on how many hours that you're there, essentially always going to have a minimum there, always going to be taken into consider overtime for most situations. But now you're incentivized to do more work because as you do more work, you're going to get paid at a higher hourly rate, right? It's essentially just like a flat rate and hourly had a baby and out popped out this hybrid model. I'm sure someone out there has, there's an official name for it. I don't know what that is, essentially melding these two together. So like I said, I like this system. You know, it's a little bit complicated, but in my experience, technicians understand it pretty well. And really where it's kind of cool here, especially if you do these gates correctly, is you can create motivation for these different gates. So when I talk about gates, gates mean, hey, when does the pay rate change, right? So 30 hours of flag, I get 25. If I hit 35, I get 28. So we got to make sure that these gates make sense. Because what those gates create is something for them to shoot for. What I mean by that is let's say that you're Friday at lunchtime and you're sitting there at 36 hours for the week. You got, you know, three more hours left in the day. If you're on hourly and it doesn't matter if you get any more hours, you're probably about done for the week. You had a pretty good week. You flag 36 hours. You're going to get paid for however many hours you're in the building. Boss is not going to get on your case. You did what you need to do. Not to say that you're going to coast for the rest of the day, but you're definitely not going to be probably busting your butt to get any more hours done than you need to. However, if you're kind of in this hybrid system, then you're sitting there saying, you know what? If I do just four more hours here, I'm going to get hit the 40-hour gate. 
And if I hit that 40 hour gate, not only, you know, am I going to get paid more, but it's going to recategorize all of my hours, right? So yeah, my pay is only going to go up $4 an hour, but over 40 hours in a week, that's $160 extra. You know what? I am motivated to finish out this car, to do that last job so I can get to that next gate, right? So it's motivating people, but again, still paying them fairly based on how many hours they're in the building. That's one way to do that. There's a number of different, you know, kind of uh, variations of that, but that's the core idea. Essentially, they're still hourly, but there's a flat rate aspect to it escalating based on production. This one is really common in California because, like I said, it's tricky to do flat rate if allowed at all, depending on how you do this. And so a lot of my California clients, this one is kind of a natural way to get off a flat rate, but still have kind of the same foundational ideas behind it. So the last part I want to talk about here this week is having to do with these commission or these bonuses or these pay plan structure and if they should be analyzed on a team or individual basis. All of the examples that I've talked about before are for individuals. Team-based are essentially the same, but the hours are pulled or the bonuses are met based on team production, not individual. In theory, the best way to pay is going to be a team-based approach. Remember, the goal here is to motivate and not just motivate individual person. Obviously, we're trying to motivate individual people, but you don't care if John, the technician, flags a lot of hours. You want the entire team to flag a bunch of hours. You know, if if we're just going on the individual approach, then we're rewarding John for flagging 60 hours. Now, if we have four other technicians that combine for a total of 60 hours on it, yeah, John's super happy, but you as a shop owner are not because your team underperformed. And another thing about it is if you aren't rewarding them as a team, then they're probably not going to be as inclined to help each other out. If we're on a flat rate model, then John, again, is getting rewarded by hoarding all that work. However, if this shifted over to a team-based approach, John is going to be motivated to offload some of that work to maybe you know um, different members of the team that more closely matches their skill set. And if you have something that's not as experienced, it's also motivating the more senior technicians to go over there and help them out. Yes, it might cost them a little bit of time right now, but their hours of production that they're helping these team members create is going to go towards their bonus pool. And also, if they spend some time there, you know, now helping out that technician, it's going to help them down the road because they're going to be able to do more work and create more for the overall pool as well. Another thing here is it's going to, you know, help with dispatching work based on skill set. You know, the team is going to kind of start to self-police that. Hey, if that work goes out and it goes to Steve and it's a diagnostic problem, Steve will probably be easy enough to say, hey, you know what? This is not my forte. I hate these cars. They don't make any sense to me. Someone else more familiar. Maybe we can swap jobs around because this is not something I like. And in a perfect world, some other technician says, oh, I got this head gasket job. I hate these. Want to swap? You can do this. I'll do that one. Great. We're both happy on this. We're going to do work that we'd like better. Overall, the team is happy because these people are doing things that they're better or more familiar with. And so ultimately, it's going to drive team production. And the last one here is, you know, the team will really police themselves. If someone is underperforming, the rest of the team will get on their case, right? So let's say that the team has an overall model here or an overall goal of something that they want to hit. If three out of the four people all hit 40 hours and the fourth one only hit 10 and it costs them money, you know, by either missing their goal or reducing their bonus amount, don't you think those three people are going to be on that fourth person to say, hey, 
What is going on here? We all picked up our end of the bargain, but because you coasted and you didn't do the right things here, we are now all losing money here. You better shape up or get out. One of the things here, though, is that is something that can also be a downside as well, right? Because if you have kind of the team here getting on each other's cases, right? Because if you have kind of the team getting on each other, trying to police each other, they might not be doing this in a productive way, right? They maybe don't have the management skills to be able to address this. It could turn into bullying. It could turn into arguments. It could even turn into fighting, right? And I've, I've seen it all. I've heard of it all. So that is definitely one of the downsides there. Another one is it can be a bit confusing to set up, right? How do you reward everyone in a team-based manner that's supposed to be kind of done equally, but still take into consideration how long people have been there, their experience, their underlying rates that they're getting paid for their own work? This is, gets harder and harder, especially if you have people with vast differing sets of skills. And obviously, the larger the team, it can sometimes make it a little bit even trickier to come in. Again, not impossible, seen it done, but you know, can be a little bit tricky. And the last one on here that I've seen first and actually just had one of my shops go away from the team-based model is what he found out was it was really limiting personal motivation. And so they did kind of, you know, a hybrid, I'll call it a hybrid flat rate, but it was a team approach. So the way that it worked is they pulled all of their hours together, right? And so it was flat rate, but averaged out, you know, based on what the entire team did. So if every single technician, you know, average between all five of them, you take all those hours divided by five, average comes up as 32. Each team member will get paid for 32 flag hours. Now, each team member has a differing rate based on their experience and skill set, but those hours all go into one pool and get averaged out. My client found out it was limiting personal motivation because think about it this way. If I am a technician here and I'm sitting there and we're having the same conversation on Friday and that technician is like, you know what? I could do five hours more of work today. I know I have it in me. I know that I can get it done. It could be easy enough to do. But based on the way that this team-based model is set up, if I do five more hours, I'm actually only going to get paid for one more hour, right? Because if they do five more hours, it gets split evenly between the entire team. The only way that they would get five more hours is if they did five more hours and everyone else did five more hours at that same time. But what he found out was people were kind of taking their foot off the gas because they weren't seeing that direct motivation. They weren't seeing that direct correlation of, hey, I'm doing more work. I'm getting paid more money. It was actually dragging people down. And so what he did is just like I talked about in the beginning part of this episode is he started to notice these trends. He started to look at it. And he was surprised as well because he loved the culture. He loved the attitude of the team-based plan. And so did his team at first. But when he actually sat down and talked to him, he really talked to his you know, superstar technician. His technician was you know, a man enough to admit this. He goes, boss, I'll have to tell you, you know, sometimes it's really just hard for me to get that motivation to blow it out of the water when I know that you know, it's all dependent on everyone else. Hey, I could blow it out of the water, but I've done that on weeks and other guys have dropped the ball. And I get an even less paycheck than the week before when I did twice as much work. It's really frustrating. It's really kind of, you know, killed some of the fire that I have in me to really do work. You know, I want to get paid. I want to get paid well, but I want to make sure that I'm getting compensated fairly based on what I'm doing. And he said, I hear you. You know, it makes sense. And I can kind of understand that. And essentially sat the whole team down and said, guys, you know, is anyone kind of feeling the same sentiment here? where they don't think that it's really working. And there was kind of mixed reviews. Some of them said, oh, I like you. Someone said, eh, I don't really care what you do on it. Like I said, there was one guy pretty strong against it. 
So he ended up, you know, blowing up the team based plan. He said, guys, it is what it is, right? You know, we're going to try anything. And, you know, I don't, maybe this is not it. Let's go back to more an individual thing. You eat what you earn, go out and see what you guys can do. And now this was at this point, probably two, three months ago, maybe a little bit more than that. And he said, hon, I was absolutely shocked. He's like, it's a little bit tricky because obviously the timing on it also matched up when, you know, they're the busiest, but they stay pretty busy all the time. So that shouldn't have made much of a change. And he saw 20, 30, 50% increases in some of these guys' productions because now for the first time in a long time, they said, man, if I need some money, right? Hey, I need to you know, buy that for my kid for Christmas. I need to go out and I want to buy that four-wheeler on it. They could buckle down. They say, you know what? I'm going to work and I'm going to just work like a madman. I'm going to turn a bunch of hours. Boss is going to pay me a bunch of money. Everyone is happy. As you can see, there is no right answer here. And if you think that I have given you what I think works best for you, you're missing the point. In all reality, you probably need to find a couple, try out a couple of these to find a right fit. And that fit might work out today. But just like we talked about just then, it might not work in a year, might not work in three years, might not work in five years. All right. So this is not something where you can set it and forget it and just think, hey, this is how we're going to do this for the rest of eternity, because that's just not the case. This is a forever moving target that needs to be monitored and needs to be discussed as a shop to make sure that you are happy and your team is happy as well. I hope this was helpful for you. Like I said, we're going to learn more than you probably ever want to know about tech pay plans. But please share this with friends. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for this episode or future episodes, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listing app. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.